money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success. Some people use it as the key to reach their goals. And some people use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it and how to grow it. For years, women have been telling their beauty stories, their success stories, their health stories. Now we want to talk to women about their money stories. Welcome to Tilly Money. The Sydney-based floral institution, Grandiflora, was founded by Saskia Havakis 25 years ago. Through dedication, perseverance and a creative flair for striking arrangements, Grandiflora has reached international acclaim and can call the likes of Chanel and Hermes amongst its clients. Saskia has authored four best-selling books including Flower Addict and is unveiling a new range of fragrances to add to the mix. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. 2020 has been a challenging year, so Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers are on a mission to help Australians restart their 2020. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or investment property or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a Mortgage Choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork to help you restart 2020. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 137762 to speak to your local broker. Welcome, Saskia, and thanks for joining us um, on this Tilly Money podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of it and very, very honoured. So thank you again for including me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I know that you've got a beautiful space where you're talking from us right now because I've been into your magnificent florist many times down there in Potts Point and what a lucky person you and your, your team are to be working among such beautiful flower, oh, flowers and floral thank you. structures. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, we call it the floral cave because oh. it is quite tiny and um, as Claire said, we've been here for 25, going into our 26th year this year mm. and it is, it is forever changing. Every single day it's a different mm. look and a different style every single day of those 20, nearly 26 years now, I've never tired of, um, of the, the look and the nature of being inside of this oh, little well. floral cave that we've created. And it's a lovely haven for people to come and enjoy. People oh. love to come in and feel, feel like they're submerged in mm. nature. Mm, yeah, I especially because we are close to the city. So we're in Pop Point and it's um, sort of like a lovely little neighbourhood here, but we're very, you know, 10 minutes from the city. So it's a nice little escape if you're driving oh, through to Pop Point. Yeah. It's wonderful. I know I always come out happier. I, well, I walk in happier, happy, but I always <laughs> no. come out happier. But maybe that touches the first question then, Saskia. What, what um, made you start the business? Give us a little bit of a story about your foray into being a business owner. Oh, well, um, I didn't always work with flowers. So when I left I was determined to get into advertising and I did do that. So I didn't go to university. I went straight into my first job, which was, um, which was an interesting, um, very, it was a very difficult environment. I learned a lot in the first sort of two years of working there. Um, and it was in the, in the 80s. That so was a, a big, um, everything was, was done in a very grand 
way and grand scale. And we did. I did used to work in the PR department at some of the time. So we had a lot of events there. Would be huge flower arrangements would come through the door, and I always took a real shine to how they would transform a space mm. and an environment and sell a product. So I was really fascinated by that from that very early sort of when I was, I guess, you know, eighteen or nineteen. But I did grow up uh, in the bush with mm. a beautiful garden. And my mother always taught me a lot about flowers. So I've always had a huge passion for flowers right from when I can remember, from when I was tiny. Um, so I've always followed flowers. Even when I, I moved to live in New York, I would always pester the local flower shops and um, love the environment of walking in and just having such a creative space and, and the smells and all the colours. And so I, I knew that one day I probably would um, hopefully be able to work with flowers. And when I came back from living in the States, I had the chance to, to make a bit of a change. And I, I thought, this is it. I'm going to go back to the beginning mm. and start um, training myself and work out how to do that. So my sister at the time was working um, in flowers and she was at, at TAFE. So I went and did a 13-week full-time course there and learned a lot very quickly. wasn't my idea of the best design so I left and after that course and I worked with a, a mentor Alison Coates who I still still do have a strong connection with um, and she taught me over the five years I worked with her so much about style and about people and about environments and about nature and, and inspiration um, so after I I worked with her for five years I did decide to she she wanted some changes and moved into um, more sculptural architectural work um, and a little more away from flowers. So I decided to go out on my own, which was a huge step. And mm. I did have a business partner initially for three years. And that that um, we decided to part ways and I took the business on solely myself. And um, I never looked back. I just loved the shop. I always wanted to be here in this position. And um, and I I really feel like I've learnt, I've taught myself along the way, and I've really learnt a lot from other people, from my clients, from designers, from from you know self self training, from being in the bush and that sort of thing. And um and I've I've learnt a lot about business along the way as well. So so that's that's my story up to date, nearly. Tell us some things that you learned about business because. Your passion obviously was in that creative space and passion is what always drives you forward but realisms of business sometimes can be just a little bit daunting when you're starting out. <laughs> Actually, yeah. extremely daunting. Yes, yeah, I tried um, to be kind. Well, mm. <laughs> no, I've had many, many sleepless, sweaty nights mm. and I've had a lot, of, um, a, a lot of help, a lot of advice from various people which is, Terrific! It's amazing how many people will will help you if you're looking for particular um, answers to certain questions. I've always had a team around me. I couldn't have managed without that. So I've got you know financial help teams that help me with advice. I've had wonderful girls too that have helped produce my work. So the creative side is something that I'm very good at. But working out how to bring that to fruition and have it paid for in the right way is extremely challenging. So um, there's been a lot of trial and error. And also, um, you know, in the early days, I 
I started with nothing. We we did we did the whole store ourselves, literally on our hands and knees, chipping at the floor and painting the shop. And it has never changed. We've not not changed the environment in here. So I've I've been able to save in in ways I haven't ever been um, extremely extravagant with spend except for on my flowers Mm, Um, so I've been able to keep things very tight I've had the benefit of an extremely um, good working relationship with my landlord here who is the McLeay Regis I rent from the building above Mm. and that's kept my you know my my expenses reasonable so I have been able to do the work that I you know not not only that but many different things that I've been able to sort of tailor in order to to be a little bit more extreme with my creative work. So, yes, I have a financial controller. I have a financial advisor. Um, you know, my accountants, I meet with them often to, to get advice. And that is really important. If you're coming from a creative background, which, you know, all my family are creatives, which hopefully my daughter's are moving more into the business side of things because creative people do need that help I think mm-hmm. mostly as a generalization um, tailoring how to how to yeah get the best out of your work but also to not not take so many huge risks that you you end up not being able to do that work anymore yeah. mm. well you've mentioned you've mentioned two things that just from my experience as well that are key to success in business that you originally had Alison Alison Coates I think you said um, as a mentor and then secondly, it sounds like even though those early years of business can be tough, you took the very good step of paying for good financial um, accounting advice. And do, is, would that be appropriate to say that you invested in things that then was able to stabilise your business and make sure it was secure? Yes, without a doubt. I've, I've always had that, um, made that time to, to look at the business stand back and sit back and mm. um, put that time into sitting outside of the creative part of the business to really work on on that financial um, side that is, you know, it's absolutely essential to keep a very close eye on that with people that really know what they're doing. And I'm mm. very, very um, fast to admit that it's not my forte. So accepting that helps. Saskia, as you're saying, they're two distinct things, you know, that your passion is can be for flowers, your passion could be for medicine, your passion could be for a whole host of things. But the reality is that to run a business, there are certain skills that really have got nothing very much to do with that passion or mm. what, you know, what fills your business. I mean, you could be running, you know, a cafe, a bakery or whatever, but if you don't have those solid mentors, those solid um, accountants and to some extent, even lawyers at the back of you, you could be creating the most beautiful things, but, you know, it could be a little bit like a house of cards in some ways if you don't have the, the stability there. Yeah. Absolutely. That is, I, I know that's a fact. It's, mm. it's really important to, and, to and have in, that. In defence of creatives and because of our connection, as you know, I'm one of the owners of Rush magazine and uh, and a lot of creatives. I mean, it's a beautiful product, a beautiful magazine and website, and a lot of creative people are drawn to that. So to be fair to creatives, lawyers and doctors are just as bad when it comes to business. <laughs> it's just you know, it's phenomenal. <clears throat> you know, it's just it's something that nobody teaches you when you go through your training courses. No one teaches you teaches you that at university. It's something 
<clears throat> pardon me, as you said, that you learn on the job. And mm. let's hope that's changing. I am. Mm. I am impressed. I think at school nowadays, though, they do give more, a yes. lot more foundation than I, I ever had. I know with my daughter, I'm amazed at some of the things that, um, you know, that they're able to to put their hand up for now and to be able to, to learn, as, you know, going out from school into the real world. It's, it's terrific that they have more knowledge around that. So, yeah. um, you know, that's a good start, but to, to get people that really know what they're doing is essential because... It's very complicated and it, it's very frightening. If you don't keep on top of it, you can find yourself in hot water so quickly and um, that's not pleasant for anybody. So you do have to make that time, I think, to really agonise over. It's not an easy thing to do and it's not something that I like to do, but I have to do it. So yeah. um, I do I do make those meetings and make sure I stick to them and go through it all mm. <laughs> painfully. Um, to see where we're at and what we can do and what we can't do and, you know, make some informed decisions. And and from those early years in, in the business when it was, you know, a little bit on the lean side, would you have any advice to people on how to kind of bootstrap things or how to be extra resourceful? Um, I think it's important to um, really... Find somebody who, you know, who believes in what you're doing and maybe I've also always had really, I've got a lot of friends that have started their own businesses around the same time and been successful, you know, probably in different ways to my success and I've been able to ask their advice. So talking to people who are already a few steps ahead of you and people that you trust um, because it's expensive you know, to get really good financial advice is not, it has to be measured because it's not something that you can just sort of help yourself to all the time. You have to work out what sort of advice you need when and how much of it you need. And that sort of um, measured, that sort of quantity can come from advice from people who have already been through it, who are not going to charge you for it. So Asking around and not being afraid is the big step. So, and taking action, I think, is really important. Mm. So, you know, not letting things slip for too long and getting in there and really, you know, asking people that already know what what their advice would be. Yeah. Um, and people, as I said earlier, are, are more than happy to tell you if they've been through it before and they know where you're at. Um, it's a good a good way of cutting cutting those expenses. So you're not asking people at a very high level, questions that could be answered by somebody who is not going to charge you for that, that advice. Mm, very true. You know, there's a, a saying, Saskia, that, um, you know, you, you hear these success stories of people and, and people say, oh, you know, that's like an overnight success. And I remember <laughs> Paul Cave, he, uh, there was a tile company that was really quite um, nationally recognised called Amber Tiles and Paul was behind the success of that and then later he diverted into the bridge climb, you know, Sydney Harbour Bridge. and uh, Oh, yeah. And then when that succeeded, everyone said, oh, Paul, you know, another overnight success. And he said, I used to look at them and say it took me 20 years to be, <laughs> be an overnight success and wrangle with councils and getting approvals and all the other stuff that, that goes through any, any successful project. In your journey, was there a point where you felt comfortable and you thought, yep, I'm on the track now, you know, so I know I've got a long way to go and I want to do this and that. But when you were kind of comfortable in your own skin? 
Oh, um, well, hmm, I'm don't actually ever really feel like that. I think it's important um, to always be on the razor's mm. edge, mm. and I do. I do feel like that every single day. I never, I never feel like I can rest on my laurels mm. ever. I never feel like I, okay, I can feel comfortable now, or that feels really nice. I'm just in a good a good place now. I'm, it's my nature. I'm sure that I just constantly feel that I need to push harder and keep discovering and keep asking questions and make sure that I'm, you know, at, I'm not, I'm not um, taking, taking too much time to relax about mm. what I've achieved. Or mm. I remember talking to my friends who have dinosaur designs and they've had so many people who, have, you know, who've copied them and how, how to get around that and the frustrations. I know so many people go through this, especially creatively when they, start out or when they're sort of even a bit further along and the heartache and the, you know, the trauma that goes with all of that. And Louise just said, you, it's very simple. You just have to stay one step ahead mm. all the time. Mm. And it's exhausting mm. and it's challenging, but there's often no use in spending all that time agonizing and being frustrated and losing hope and um, getting discouraged when that energy can be put into something that's more positive mm, you know so. what can I do next how can I reinvent myself I mean everybody's talking about reinvention now continuously and it's it's so important that you keep that energy flowing to to have that um that time and skill to push forward and find something else and yeah put the energy into that rather than looking back and and you know losing losing hope yeah, so true because you can't stay – if you're resting on your laurels, you can't stay one step ahead. You've got to keep moving. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do probably think I could have a bit of a holiday here and there. That's true. Could we all? Claire and I can come in and look after that beautiful oh, forest for you if you want to break. Any day, yeah. any day. But, um, Sus oh. Saskia, challenges, we're presented with them all the time and what the world has been experiencing with COVID-19, you know, it's pretty – been a pretty shocking experience and a lot of people if you know you've got a few years um you know on the track you know we've been through a few different things but a lot of young people particularly under 30 you know if they've never seen a recession they've never seen you know anything like that's going on in such a global scale take us through what you experienced and you know how you what was your survival mode there mm. Well, I haven't stopped. The shop has been open for the whole time. Not not open as in, of course, everybody coming in and going, but we've had to put measures in place to stay safe. But it's been, yeah, very dystopian and dark and really quite very, um, there are a lot of people that need, certainly in my, my, where I work and my space and the team and my family who need a lot of, assistance and help trying to make sense of it all but um, I have felt that it's, routine is really important and that trying to ha talk and have discussions with people around you constantly has helped so finding out how people feel and connecting with people I know that through flowers the shop actually has been extremely busy with gifting we've lost all our events but um the shop, surprisingly, people have been 
so keen to connect so to send messages to each other and the, the cards have been lengthy and very in-depth more more so than any other time. So being behind that and feeling that has been really reassuring to know that people do really care about each other genuinely mm. and um, have goodwill to each other and they want to show that. So it's um, it's very evident. It's not it's not a maybe. It's, it's, it's absolute. Um, so I've really taken great, heart in that and people who want to come past and you know connect with us even if it is across the table at the front and we can't stand close to each other they want to know are you there and what's happening and how's it going and you know have that that moment of connection um so so that's been that's been really nice that side of it and 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 out at the growers at the markets as well to to see everybody and to to sort of find out how they're all coping so the all, the um, whole flo- the floral mar- flower market was operating as normal. It was was it shut for it private private people? No, we, but, yes, yeah. no no general public. Yeah. But we've been so fortunate because I have you know friends all over the world who are florists who have been shut down completely for you know months on end, and there's no flower market, so you know they weren't able to work. So we've been extremely lucky, but also we have incredible resources with flowers. So even if the market had closed down. We have beautiful flowers so close to Sydney. There's growers an hour away that I could drive out and pick up. And I did do that during this time. When there was a shortage, I, I went direct to the suppliers. So I was able to, you know, do four stops and send my daughter out to pick up flowers and my husband out to pick up flowers and mm. Mm. Um, get them direct. So we've been, you know, how lucky are we? Anybody who, who's complained to me out at the market, I've said, well, in comparison to everywhere else, we're we're able to operate, which is such a blessing. You yeah. know how how fortunate. So, out of all the darkness, there is some very positive things that we've encountered, and people are readjusting in terms of of time and how they see and experience time and how they work and realigning all of that, which is um, which is you know birthing into a whole new world. Indeed, we all know that. That we're on on this you know pivotal point that we're hatching out of a, a cocoon into something brand new, that um, we don't know what that really is yet, and it's very scary. I know for the younger generation, it you know it's, it is terrifying, and there's a lot of anxiety. Um, but nature helps. People are very connected. I think with nature, they want to see and touch and experience the real natural world, and you mm. see it even in I'm sure you know with with your magazine and covers of magazines that I'm even seeing all over the world now, there's that real connection to nature. Everybody wants to see you know, the river and the rocks and the mountains mm. and the sky and hopefully our um, natural environment will be transformed through all of this, which Absolutely. is a very positive thing. Yeah, um, And I think that's a great thing to, to remind the younger generation about. Very true. Um, and just touching on hopefully a few more positive experiences. Um, what was it like working with such big brands like Chanel and Hermes? Oh, well, very exciting. And and always I've been so honoured. I've always, you know, even even on the weekend, I did a beautiful little wedding, which was almost could have been like a little Chanel-esque wedding. Wow. Um, and I, I always feel very, very, very honoured and fortunate to have the opportunity to buy flowers on people's behalf and turn them into something 
that they love. Yeah. Um, so any any opportunity, even if it's one table centerpiece for somebody, it's always um, an honour to do that. And then working on really large scale events for Fashion Week and you know launches for, for big brands and having having some direction has been has taught me a lot as well. So with a lot of those big brands, there's often a bit of a directive that you need to adhere to or acknowledge or come close to. So it's given me the opportunity to learn from from a, a style mm-hmm. that already pre-exists but that, you know, you can put your own touch on and to have that recognised and to to have, have that opportunity has been, you know, always welcomed and always been very grateful for that. But yeah, we've had we've had the chance to travel with, with those sorts of um, brands and do incredible adventures. It's very nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I can't say I can't say I ever walk in and feel, you know, huge confidence and I've never had I've never felt that. I've always <laughs> I've always felt very very very, you know, pressured, I suppose, is mm. the right thing because it's it's working with perishables. So Yeah. You know, people it's like when people walk into the shop and they say, Oh, it must be so amazing working. It's so seems so calm and which it is, but mm. there's always that back end which is um some of the realities that come with that. So yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot of time stresses and there's the, the fact that you need to make everything perfect for a particular time frame is hugely stressful. So mm. it's not a product that sits on a shelf. It's something that you have to tease and talk to and get <laughs> get the quantity of um, at the right time and make it look amazing for the for that duration is, is incredibly nerve-wracking. Yeah. So... Yeah, the honours there, but also the terror exists as well. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talking yeah. about products that um, do sit on shelves, Claire mentioned at the very beginning that you were developing um, a range of fragrances. Can you tell us a little bit about the progress of that? Yes. Well, in fact, the fragrances have been in existence for nearly nine years now, but we're launching um, the last fragrance of our line. of It'll be our sixth fragrance. And so that will would give will give us a little gallery of fragrances. But we we started with um, Sandrine, which is based on a Magnolia Grandiflora flower, which is my favourite flower in my muse, flower I never ever tire of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that began with an idea of because it's such a transient flower, I really wanted to be able to bottle it. So I spoke to Michael Edwards, who's very well renowned in the fragrance world and he he's a client and I've met him many times through through various other clients in the shop and I approached him to um, help me do this to how do I do this and it was very a lot more complicated than I had ever imagined which which is another thing in business often it sort of seems like it's going to be a fairly easy path but there's so much to learn and they're, they're, it's a totally different business to working with flowers so working out how to bottle this fragrance. So I did work with a perfumer who Michael introduced me to and we created this Sandrine and I got to meet some amazing people in the south of France who create our oils for us. And through those people, I've managed to meet more perfumers and work with them on different perfumes. And, um, And now it's made and packaged in just outside of Paris 
and it comes back to us. So we don't we don't manufacture it here, manufactured over there, and it gets shipped back to Australia. And we do have a big following actually in Italy. We sell one of our perfumes, Queen of the Night, is particularly popular in Italy, and we've been able to have huge um, traction with selling in fifty stores over there. We we I have had the one of the um, things about being in business and taking risks, I've been able to travel with the perfume um, brand, brand and go to showcase them in, um, in various places at different uh, exhibitions, fragrance exhibitions. So that was, in the early days, very brave, I felt, to kind of hop on a plane and go to New York or go to Milan and do be part of a fragrance exhibition and, and see what happened. I hadn't really done a lot of research. In fact, I just did what I thought I could do and set up a beautiful stand and I, um, you know, I did it in my own style and I had, I had really great response. So that I saw as a kind of risk that really paid off. Um, and from that, we've had press and we've been able to sort of build, build on that range. But um, I'm looking at doing now more auxiliary products from the range of six, um, you know, candles and um, bath oils and that sort of thing as, as things hopefully open up after we get through this period. Um, that's, that's what my plans are for the, for the fragrances. Very so the exciting. Next, the, the next one that's being launched is based on the scent of the flower shop and it's um, in honour of our 25-year anniversary. Good luck with that. You've told us so many things, Saskia, things that I'm sure people will benefit from. Is there anything, and take take your time, I'll kind of keep talking a minute while I'm I'm asking you this question, but if you could go back and tell Saskia, that younger person who started off, you know, with this great passion for flowers and to build a business around it, if you could tell her anything now, have you thought about what you might like to say to yourself? <laughs> oh gosh! Well, that's. Um, oh, I would. I think it's very, 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 very hard to balance family and a very busy business. So, if I was to go back and have a chat to myself in the early days, I'd probably warn myself about that. Mm. That giving yourself extra time with your family is really important. It's an important um, investment emotionally um, and to do that in, in sort of meaningful ways um, is, is probably something I'd warn myself about because it's easy to get very distracted with the 101,000 things that come along with trying to run a successful business and we all struggle as women to to find that balance and it it just seems to be um, something that is insurmountable a lot of the time you know mm. to, to try and find that time um, but as much as I make time to work on the business and, and that financial side and the creative side it would be good to, to form a pocket of time that is really just for yourself and for family yeah um, that's probably something I would I would warn myself about everything else. I, I don't feel like I could have really done it differently because of the nature of, of my, um, my business and who I am. Um, but 
that is something I would, you know, I couldn't say to myself, I wished I had have travelled more. I wished I had have, you know, worked on more large-scale events or um, done more books or created something else that I haven't created. But to invest in the people that are really close to you with that emotional um, connection is so important. Yeah. Very wise. I feel as if you may have just answered this question, but as a final question anyways, in case you had another answer, what would your greatest personal investment be? And that could mean in education, an investment in time, as you just mentioned, or an investment financially? Um, well, I would have to say our, our home, actually. Oh, yeah? You know, investing in property. I think has been very, re- very um, reassuring for me and very securing. Yep. So to to have like a personal investment of some sort that that you can lean upon, you know, that you are working you are working towards mm. can give you great drive and and the um, the impetus to get out of bed in the morning and do what you have to do. Um, it's it's a stick behind the door in a way, you know, to pay a mortgage and to be responsible and to, to pay something down and to have, have a, um, a nest egg is, is really, it's, it is, if you can, if you can do it or attempt to do it, it does give you, it does give you security. Definitely. So that would be my, um, my best, my best investment would, would be property. Saskia, thank you so much for your time. Um, We've really enjoyed listening to your experience and we can't wait to wander down Grande Flora Way sometime soon. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to keep listening to Tilly Money. So thank you you for for creating it, especially in these times. We hope you can give us an update sometime down the track. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. Love to come back. Thanks, Saskia, very much. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. You too. Your hosts this week were Maureen Jordan and Claire Osman. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music. See you next time.